going to preach for about 15 minutes. I'm not going to keep you long. We're still ahead of schedule almost, um, a little bit behind. But I want to talk to you today because I want to pray right now over this service that God would bless and touch you and meet your needs where you're at. As the kids can go ahead and leave now, that go back to the, to the kids' impact. Um, dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, I beseech you. Your presence is here. God, you are moving and touching us in our lives. Your presence is here right now, and I thank you for what you're about to do. God, I submit to you. God, it's not about me, about what I can do or what I have or what I own. It is all you. I am a conduit that you flow through, that you minister through, God. And because of you, all things happen, not because of me or this church, God. Lord, but I know that today you're going to do miraculous things in this house for people, God. I'm sick and tired of the enemy trying to destroy our lives. I'm sick and tired of a sick church not being able to rise up and do what they're doing um, to do in our community, God, and do in our kingdom, Father, because of the sickness and disease and the fear and the anxiety, God, and the crippleness that the enemy is putting on us, God. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And it's time the church rise up and become the church, Father, and not a weak, anemic group of people that have no power over the enemy. God, and today, God, we're going to begin that process even more, God. I thank you for a healed church. But, God, I want a whole church in the name of Jesus. And today, Father, we thank you for that today. God, prepare hearts and minds to receive from you right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, let them come, God, Lord, forward, God, to receive what you have for them. Don't let them sit back in fear or anxiety, God, or depression. Lord, but let them rise up and come forward and receive the gift that you have for them today. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's time that we rise up and become the church. We cannot be the church. In, in, in this pandemic, during this time right now in this season, in our, in our, in our, in our community, our, our church, the world needs us. Our community needs us. The, the church failed during the pandemic. We should have rose up and, and really ministered to people and loved on people, and we would have this church slammed full. But as a whole, the church failed. We crawled up into a hole and did nothing. We crawled up in a hole with the world and became fearful and anxious and, and scared like everybody else was. When we were the ones that had the faith and we were the ones that were supposed to stand up and say, listen, God's got this. But we didn't. We were weak and we were anemic and we were scared just like everybody else was. And it's time, right now our community needs us, so it's time to get out of that process. You know, we need healing. And I'm just going to read you, some, I'm going to talk about a couple things that God laid on my heart. And there's probably more things than that in this room. And we'll pray for whatever your need is. But um, I'm going to quote some scripture on some things, make a couple comments. The worship teams will come back up and pray a little bit um, and, and worship a little bit as you come forward. And we pray over you for your healing, your deliverance, and your wholeness. Amen? All right, number one, healing. Um, Psalms 103 and 3 says, who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? I was right there in Israel where Jesus took the stripes on his back and was beaten and whipped for you and I. And by your stripes, you are healed. And today, I'm believing that you are going to accept that healing. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was pierced for our rebellion and crushed for our sins or iniquities. He was beaten so we could be whole and he was whipped so that we could be healed. Amen. Um, Psalms 147 and 3. He was healed 
Um, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And today, whatever your need is, if you have any kind of sickness or disease, I've already had some texts of some people that um, have, have, have texted in and said, we want prayer. We're going to be breathing and believing and praying for them. And those are online that haven't. You know, we want you to, to put your prayer request in there. Send us a message. You know, and, and, and I even had told someone they couldn't come today. Right after this service is over, if you're not in this house, you're not in this room, I want you to push back the tables and chairs wherever you're at in your living room. And I I want after service is over I want you to have your own prayer service it's not about me it's not about me touching you it's about God touching you and you just raise your hands up and you just receive your healing and your wholeness today when it comes to fear you know we, we are gripped with fear and when you're gripped with fear you cannot move into all that God has for you you just cannot become a man or woman of God that God wants you to do you cannot move into the destiny that God has for you when you are gripped with fear but 2nd Timothy 1 7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear but what power love and a sound mind so what is fear a fear is unpleasant emotion caused by belief that something someone or some situation is dangerous and likely to cause pain or threat and we fall down to that all the time and Psalm 23 says even though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death I will fear no evil Psalms 27 and 1 um, the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear we have God on our side the Satan has already been defeated 2,000 years ago he's already been hogtied he, he is useless he is like a roaring lion he is not a lion he is like one he wants to be like the mighty lion of Judah and he cannot be Deuteronomy 31 and 6 be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to be terrified. You don't have to be scared of the pandemic. We have to be respectful, and we have to have knowledge and understanding of what it is and what it can do. But we don't have to fear. We, we, we have overcoming power in that. Psalms 118 and 6, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Everywhere you go, God is right there. Sometimes you feel him like you do today. Sometimes you don't feel him. But just because you don't feel him does not mean that he is not there with you. I love this, Psalms 4 and 8. Some of you may not have, you may be fearful. You can't even sleep at nighttime. And, 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 and well, it says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Tonight, some of you are going to have the greatest sleep you've ever had in your life. And then some people are, are dealing with depression and anger. Everyone at some time will be, will be affected by depression, whether it's you yourself or somebody in your family. And, and probably everyone at some level will have some type of, ang of depression in your life. You know, did you know that 83% of teens suffer from some kind of depression in their lifetime, um, at least once in a year? Um, un untreated depression is, is the, one of the number one reasons for suicide in America today. King David in, in Psalms 51, um, 8, 11, and 12, King David, he was very seriously depressed um, because of unconfessed sin in his life. If you have sin in your life and you don't confess it, it causes depression on you. Oh, give me back my joy again, he said. Give me back my joy. He had joy. He lost it because he allowed sin and different things to come into his life. You have broken me. You know, sometimes we need to be broken, don't we? Sometimes we need, just need to be broken and humbled to, to where we have total submission to God. It says, now let me rejoice. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take Holy Spirit from me. 
And that needs to be a prayer that we pray often. Lord, don't banish me from your presence. Lord, always stay with me as you said you would in your word. And don't allow Holy Spirit to leave my side. Restore me to the joy of your salvation. Now, he's already asked for joy, but now he said, I want the joy that I had when I first received Christ. Does anybody remember the joy, the happiness of just being totally clean and free? And here it is. And listen to this. This was really interesting to me. And make me willing to obey you. Make me willing to obey you. How many knows that sometimes when God speaks to us, we don't want to obey him? It seems too big. It seems too insurmountable. It seems like it's out of our ability. It seems like we just can't do that. Are we embarrassed or whatever? So he's just praying, God, and I know you're going to lead, you, you, you're going to order my steps. You're going to direct my paths. And when you direct my paths and order my steps, God, I pray that you make me willingly, willing to trust you and obey you. He's praying a, a surrender of obedience. God, let me be obedient to you. See, undealt with anger and bitterness and resentment lead to depression. Depression is often defined as um, anger toward, turned inward. Depression, you know, is, 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 is a lot of times it's outward. A lot of times it seems like you know, anger comes out. But depression is anger toward inward. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry. Okay, so the scripture says that we can be angry. It's an emotion we have. It's all right to be angry. But it says, and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. 4, um, 4, 31, 32 says, let all anger be put away. We need to put away anger. We need to put it away and say, you know what? It's an emotion I can have, but you know what? In its right place, it might be okay, but right now is not the time or the place to have that. Luke, 20, Luke 6, 27 and 28. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them who hate you, bless them who curse you, and pray for them who despitefully use you. Anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous, Proverbs says. We've got to be careful with anger. We're so quick to just lose our temper and get angry. And whenever we get angry, all of a sudden, you'll, you'll see a side of a person that, that you really don't want to see. We, we, we kind of lose our guard. We, lo we, we drop our guard when anger comes in and we start saying things we shouldn't say. We, maybe you, you, you say a cuss word. Maybe you act disrespectful. Maybe you're rude. Maybe you're obnoxious. Maybe you just lose total control of your faculties and you just go off and you just you go unhinged. And that, is, that, will, that will detour you. That will, first off, it's a bad witness to other people. It's a bad witness to you even your own family. But it's also a bad witness to other people and, it's, and, and it will hinder you from receiving what God wants you to have in your life. And then we have um, anxiety, which is such a huge deal today. Anxiety and mental health. It was just Mental Health Day not too long ago. You know, and, and, and we pray for that. So many people in here have been delivered from anxiety. You know, and anxiety is a, is, a, is, a, is, is a part of fear. Fear and anxiety go together. But 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, be anxious for nothing. Don't, be, don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplica um, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Don't be anxious. Pray about everything and tell God what you need. Tell God what you want. Tell God what's going on in your life. Romans 8 and 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Our mind, we let our sinful nature, our, our own wants, our own needs, our own um, pleasurable um, addictions pull, pull in our mind. And, and it drives us crazy and we allow that to happen and it's going to lead to death, to your spiritual death. But it says, but, so, but let me read that again. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. 
Some of y'all just need to renew your mind and let your mind be led by the Spirit rather than the flesh because your flesh is getting you in trouble. Your, tre- your flesh is causing you to sin. Your flesh is causing you to fall from God. Your flesh is causing you to be uncommitted um, and, 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 and broken. And we have to get over that. I'm going to do that today. And then the next one I feel like is, is guilt. So many people have guilt of their past. I've had so many people that did not want to come to Christ solely because they were so guilty over what they've done in their past. You know, I don't know what you've done. I don't know if you, if you feel guilty over a past relationship uh, because of, I, don't, I don't know if you feel guilty over a sin. I don't know if you feel guilty over how you treated somebody or what you've done. Maybe you feel guilty over how you've, you, you've, you've reacted to God, of how you've done at the church. I don't know what it is, but guilt is a big thing. But the Word of God says that guilt is out of sight, out of reach, and out of memory to God. Isaiah 5, 38 and 17, you have put all my sins behind your back, out of sight. He don't even see it. We don't even see it. Our sins are gone. When we ask for forgiveness from God, we are totally forgiven, and it's a white sheet blank of paper, and he puts it back where we can't even see it no more. And we, and we are constantly like, we, 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 we almost like we want God to show us our sins so we can revel and, and just, just wallow in our, in our sorrow. And it's also said it's out of reach. Psalms 103, as far as the east is to the west, so far has your sins been removed from us. You can go to the North Pole or to the South Pole. And that, if he said, your sins are far as from the, the North Pole to the South Pole, then we can measure that. That's how much God's forgiveness is, from the North to the South. But if you, there is no East Pole or West Pole, okay? You, you go East, you keep going East until you're, until you're West already, but then you're not really West because you're still going East, right? It's a, it's a circle. So that's how far it is. You'll never get to the end of God's love and forgiveness for you. And he's put, the, he's put our sins that far apart. Out of sight, out of reach, and out of memory. Jeremiah 31, 34. I will remember your sins no more. Whenever we ask God to forgive us for our sins, he forgets your sin. And if he cannot remember your sin, we have got to stop remembering ourselves, and we have to stop allowing the enemy to bring it back on us. Okay? Because what happens is God's forgiven us, and we've accepted that sometimes. We've accepted God's forgiveness. And the enemy tries to come, and the enemy's like, so you're like, hey, God's forgiven me. And we accept that. But then here's, here's a kicker. So many of us will not forgive ourselves. We feel like we have to pay penance to ourselves. We have to punish ourselves because I did God. God's forgiven me, but I don't deserve that forgiveness. That's called mercy. That's called grace. That's what it's all about. No, we don't deserve it, but God loves us so much that he died for us, and his mercy and grace is so plentiful and bountiful that we can walk in that forgiveness and be okay with it. Today, some of you need to forgive yourself for what you've done, how you've acted, your past life, how you've acted maybe even yesterday. Some things you thought that, you, hey, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that, and you let yourself down. You need to forgive yourself. God's forgiven you. And now you need to forgive yourselves. First John 3, I'm sorry, let me tell you one more thing first. You know, sometimes you forget, you, you feel guilty about somebody dying, maybe about some hurt you know, that, um, that, that you've had in your life. You feel guilty because somebody else hurt you. Because I caused it. You feel guilty because somebody abused you, maybe as a child or even as an adult. You feel like it was your fault. You feel guilty because your parents divorced. And you feel like it's your fault, that you're the reason. And it's all this right here. It's all self-blame, self-depreciation. It's I'm the reason. I, I deserve all this. And we gotta get, we got to get over that and realize we are God's masterpiece. And we deserve so much more than that. 
1 John 3, 20 and 21. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. Praise God. For he knows everything. Dear friends, if we do not feel guilty, then we can come to God with bold confidence. We've got to get to the place where we can come to God with confidence. God says, come boldly to the throne. He does not want us to come like this right here. Okay, I've I, I, I got to talk to you. you know? He wants us to come up and say, God, I am so sorry. Forgive me. I'm a man of God, and I have, I have turned against you. I have done something wrong. I have sinned, and I'm standing here asking for your forgiveness because I know I cannot exist without it. And we need to walk right up boldly to the throne and, and not, not, not whimper up to it and be weak and anemic. Compromise. Psalms 119 and 3. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. We walk our walk with God in the pleasure of our flesh. We compromise. Well, why do I compromise, Pastor? I'm not, I don't compromise. You compromise your walk with God for the things of your pleasure and your flesh. You, you compromise your relationships for, for your flesh. You've compromised your morals. You've compromised your integrity and your character to try to please your flesh. You, com you, 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 you compromise all these things, you know, and, and well, just a little bit. I'll compromise my beliefs because I, everybody else is doing this so I can do it. You know, everybody else is feeling this way so I can feel this way. Everybody else is posting this so I wouldn't normally post this, but everybody else is. I see other Christians post this so I can post it too. And we get on, we get on social media and compromise us as Christians and we become gossips. We become slanderers, and we become very judgmental behind a little keyboard. And we got to get to the place where we don't compromise who we are in Christ. And then we also have addictions. Maybe today you have a sex addiction, a drug addiction. Maybe you have an alcohol addiction, or maybe impure thoughts that you have all the time. Maybe you, you look at pornography, men and women. Maybe you have a lying addiction, or you, you, you steal. Or maybe you have an eating addiction, or maybe you, you gossip. And you have an addiction. You just got to tell somebody when you know something. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has taken you except which is common to man. But God is faithful. God's faithful when your friends ain't faithful, when your family's not faithful, and when you're not faithful, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. He did not say he won't put more on you than you can bear. Like I said, that's one of the biggest misquoted scriptures in the world. He won't put nothing on you more than you can bear. That's garbage. That's not what that scripture says. He will not allow the temptation to be greater than you. When you get tempted, he will always give you a way of escape. He says he will, you will not be on, beyond what you're able to bear. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you can bear it. He puts on us more than we can bear. Why? So we can cast our cares on him. And then when we, when, we, when we don't cast our cares on him, then that weight depresses us. That, 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 that weight pulls us down and crushes us. But God, that's why God allows that to happen. He's like, I'm going to, you're, matter of fact, he allows it, but we put it on ourselves. We allow all that, all that weight on our backs. Another thing that is so huge in the Christian faith today, there's some good women and, and men in the Christian faith that are insecure. A person who is insecure lacks confidence in their own value, in one or more of their own capabilities, and they lack trust in themselves. Maybe you've forgiven yourselves, but you don't trust yourselves. I can't do that. I can't do what God's asking me to do. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. Everybody's told me all my life that I'm nothing, that I'm a, a failure, that I, I'm an idiot, that I'm stupid. And you, that, that gets in our minds. And rather than listening to what God says about us and what God's word says about us, we listen to what the enemy says about us and what our family and friends say about us. And, it, and you know, it does. It takes time to overcome insecurity sometimes. 
but it's, it's one's own worth is a purely matter of perspective. It's just all how you look at it. There's things in our life, you know, that, that, that um, I, can, I can sit right here and I can say, hey, I'm all alone on this stage. Well, but Nick's right over there. But no, I'm all alone right here. It's just how I'm, I'm alone around this table, but he's really there. It's just how, you're, how you look, your perspective. And so many times we look at things in our life of what we are and who we are in our own expect perspective rather than what Christ says about us. And today you can break that hold of insecurity and self-depreciation and be, begin to feel loved again. Begin to feel valued because you feel like you have no value. You feel like you have no use in the kingdom of God, in your family, in your relationship. You just feel useless and like I am nothing. I, I just might as well crawl in a hole and die because I have no value to this earth. I give nothing to nobody. I have no value. Nobody loves me and I don't, nobody cares about me and I am just nothing and nobody. But Ephesians 2.10 says that you are God's masterpiece. Masterpiece. That's not a pawn. You're not his pawn. You're not his rook. You're his masterpiece. Uh, you have a wall of, of pictures. And, oh, I did this when I was 12. I did this right here during a bad time in my life. I did this right here whenever, I, whenever some things were going on in my life. But this is my masterpiece. In God's mind, he has a whole wall and every one of our faces is on it. And he points to every one of them and says, that's my masterpiece. That's my masterpiece. Well, how can he do that? You can only have one masterpiece. That's in your own thought process. To God, he looks at every one of you as an individual, and every individual one of you is his masterpiece. Um, Romans 8.37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us. Romans 8.35, back up a couple verses. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It's time that we begin to get bold and cry out and get desperate for God. Just like blind Bartimaeus did, like Zacchaeus did, like the lame man did, the one with the issue of blood. It's time we get bold and come down to his throne and say, God, I need you. I don't care what you, your rebellion, I don't care your if you have unforgiveness, pride, fear, anxiety, compromise, sickness, you can be free. We'll tell you two, two or three things real quick and then we're going to pray. First thing we need to do is repent. Well, Pastor, I'm a Christian. Yeah, but you need to repent to God for allowing these things to distract Him from you. You from Him. We've got to allow, God, I need, I repent for allowing fear to grip me, for allowing anxiety and insecurity to overcome me and, and my lack of trust for you. Being repentant means being humble again. When you are repentant, you are humble again. One who is penitent expresses humble regret and painful or sorrow for sins and offense. To repent means to come back to the place of humility or sorrow. See, we're coming back to the one who grants forgiveness. We're coming back to the heart of worship. We, 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 we're not trying. This isn't something new. This isn't some newfangled thing I'm trying to do here today. This is ages and centuries old. God walked this earth and he delivered people and he set them free from sickness and disease. Jesus is our Savior, our Redeemer, our Deliverer. You're just saying that I've allowed these things to control me, God, and I'm so sorry. Forgive me. And then number two, then you renounce. The second thing that you do is you renounce. Renounce means to give up, refuse, or resign a, 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 by formal contract or de formal declaration. 
Whereas, see, repenting is directed towards God. Renouncing is, 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 is directed towards the enemy. And whenever you renounce something, you're, you're saying, I renounce. I'm breaking the contract. I'm breaking the assignment. I'm breaking the generational curse. I'm breaking the chain. I'm breaking the bondage over my life in the name of Jesus. But I didn't sign no contract with Satan, but our words did. I'm scared. I'm fearful. I can't do it. I'm nothing. I know you're speaking against what God says, and you are agreeing with the devil. That's a contract. Agreement's a, a contract. And when, so when you renounce, you're saying, I renounce all those words that I spoke out of my mouth. I will not speak them again. We got to do that. We're countermanding any word and contradict God's, that contradict God's word. We're making a formal declaration that, that we will no longer align ourselves with the enemy's thoughts, processes, and feelings. But we will align with God. God's given us authority in Jesus' name to overcome and cancel every assignment that the enemy has over our lives and bring, bring it to be null and void. We have to do that. Many believers repent of their sins only to find themselves to go back to where they began at. And they have to renounce that. We must shut the door on the enemy, refusing by a formal declaration to walk away from those things of the past. Renouncing is a means by cutting off a legal right to the enemy to torment us. The enemy tries to torment you. He claws at your mind. You're not possessed. But you're, you're, you're oppressed by the enemy. He's clawing at your mind. He's playing mind games with you, mental games with you. And it's so deep and so dark, it seems like. And, and, and you are renouncing. Satan, I renounce you and every work from you, every assignment you've had on me in the name of Jesus. If our words have been contrary to God, we have to, we've allowed our, lined ourselves with the works of the darkness. We have to be free from them. Second. Corinthians 4 2 but we have renounced the hidden things of shame not walking into craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves in every man's conscience in the sight of God and then step three as the worship team comes back up then we break after we repent and we counsel and renounce then we break the, the word of God says the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage and you see, I have this anointing. Oh, this, is, this, this symbolizes the anointing of God. This is just a symbol. It's just a point of reference. When James says, you anoint the sick with oil, and they shall be healed and be set free and delivered. And, and, and it's not that. It's not, it's not in the oil. That's just being obedient to God's word. It's not in me. I have no ability. I'm just a conduit for the Holy Spirit to flow through me. There's nothing supernatural about that oil, but it is, it is connected to the supernatural Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. It serves, a, it serves a point to build faith. So Isaiah 10 and 27 says, The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. And then lastly, 2 Chronicles 12 and 7. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaniah, saying, They have humbled themselves. Therefore, I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shizhak. So he's saying that because they humble themselves, I'm going to give them deliverance. Because they humble themselves, I'm going to give them deliverance. And that's what God wants to do to you today. He wants to deliver you. He wants to touch you. He wants to set you free. If you're sick, if you got sickness, disease in your body, we want to pray for that. Is this a guarantee? No, I, but I promise you this. I will not lay a hand on you unless I believe 100% it's going to happen. So that's gonna, it means it's going to happen. No. From that point on, it's up to God. 
is God's will be done. That's what we pray. God, I'm believing it. You said I had to have faith, and I'm going to have faith that this is going to happen. And now, God, I pray that their faith set them free. Their, their faith heal them. I'm going to agree with your faith. I'm going to agree with you. We're going to pray together, and I'm going to lay hands on you, and I'm going to believe that it's going to happen. And a lot of times it does. But you've got to want it. You've got to want to be free from it. This can't be a show. This can't be something that you just say, well, I kind of want to get free from this addiction, but I kind of really like it. No, you've got to want to be free. You've got to be able to want to walk in the ways of the Lord. And you've got to be willing to repent and renounce Satan and all the words you spoke over your life and over all the, renounce all the words other people spoke over your life and start believing who God says you are and start walking in His freedom and His holiness and His healing and His health and believe that. But you've got to want that. You've got to want to do that. And if you do that, you truly want that, no, no less than the beginning of the process will happen today. And a lot of you, it's, it's going to happen today. You're going to be totally set free today from those, those, those bondages that the enemies and chains and shackles the enemies put in your life. And some of you, it might be a slower process. You might have some things that you're, you're working on, and this is the very beginning boost, booster, booster of it happening. But we're going to believe 100% from everybody that comes. And then leave it in God's hands. As they begin to sing, I, just going to, I want to pray over you. Bow your hand, close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you anoint your humble servant. Today, Father, I am nothing and you are everything. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that you just touch today. That you set free. That you make whole. That you deliver, God, from sickness, disease, anxiety, fear. God, turmoil, compromise, torture, God, addictions, pain, hurt, guilt, shame, whatever it may be, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you are set free from all, that they are set free from that in the name of Jesus.